Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and I talk all about AEW Dynamite from last night. We talk about the acclaimed scissoring celebration we talk about that. Uh, we also get into Wheeler Yuta and MJF, the opening contest on Dynamite. And speaking of Wheeler Yuta, we talk to him live right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Wheeler Yuta, who we saw in the opening contest last night again against MJF, he's going to join us at 11 a.m. Eastern Time this morning. Looking forward to talking to Wheeler Yuta because, guys, we've talked a lot about Wheeler Yuta the last few weeks, and I thought a hell of a way to start off Dynamite last night with him and MJF. I loved it. I thought it was a great match. There's a lot of uh, – uh, I went and looked up about more stuff about Wheeler Yuta. I can't wait to talk to him on the show. Guy's 25 years old. Uh, if I could think about Bully or myself at 25 years old, I'm in my feud with Raven. Uh, I want to say the Dudleys are, you know, working – and they're having you're, you're finding your yourself. And there were so many points for me, especially as a babyface, to find my path and then having different uh, opponents. My first one to get over was the Sandman, but I wasn't there yet. And then I needed Raven to help me. And I feel like MJF could be Yuda's Raven. And those two guys tore it up. MJF did a lot of great things. And especially what I love the most about MJF was he did a lot of great things and also kept on still being a heel. And it it seemed like almost at the end of that match, he was conflicted uh, as a heel. He seemed a little bit conflicted. Uh, Bully, what did you think of that opening contest last night? Um, I thought it was good. Uh, that's about as far as I'll go with it. Good. Uh, That was MJF's first match in a long time. I believe definitely saw a tiny bit of rust on MJF. It wasn't the Yuta match that we've been used to uh, over the past uh, couple of months. Yuta working some very, very strong matches, I believe against, you know, like Danielson or, Or, or Moxley, it almost seems like Yuta had to knock it down a gear just so MJF could get his wheels under, uh, up underneath him and get his timing back in the ring. So I thought it was good. I still 
the jury is still out for me on MJF tapping out Yuta as cleanly as he did. Not sure how I feel about that. Um, Tommy, you got an opinion on that? The way he did it was good. I would have loved to see him cheat. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, yeah, that's the obvious thing, right? And it would have helped continue the, the build. Both guys got over in the match. Um, how they structured the match, too. I love, like, the false finishes that they went into, which were at the end of a match, which a lot of people put false finishes in the beginning of their match. The two guys built their match, I felt, properly. And then that double clothesline, it was a buildup of a, symp- a symphony, a symphony of, of beautiful wrestling maneuvers, back and forth and musical beats. And the best part about it, the fans last night loved it. And then when they did that double clothesline and a double down, it was like, we have a chance to breathe. But gosh, what I love, what I just saw. And, and I love those type of matches um, in, in that sense, because it told a great story. It had a great story afterwards to, to Bully's point helping your baby face, you know, for, for Tommy dreamer or, or for a lot of people, you'd have to pull my arm out. You literally would have to rip my arm out for me to, to tap as a straight up baby face. And I, or I don't even want to say pass out because sometimes some of us baby faces like pain. Um, but I would have loved to have seen something different. I mean, they were so close to the ropes the way he torqued it, he could have flipped over, kept one foot on the rope, and the people would have been so pissed while he had, you know, the arm where you could have trapped it to an, uh, a hammer lock as he tried to cover as well as put the arm. There was a lot of different things you do it. And then the story after, which I really, really loved. And, and kudos also to uh, William Regal, who I really do, f- do feel that adds so much to commentary and also talking about being a villain. And I just loved like his little things and also putting a a button or a stamp on why I've done a lot of bad things that I'm not proud of, especially when I was younger, but I never put my hands on you, Tony Schiavone. Hey, and he said, I was the OG of making fun of you, Tony. Yeah. He was the ODV, the uh, ordinary devious villain, ODV. Brilliant. But I never, I never took liberties with people that, you know, when you're a competitor is one thing, but, you know, you're not. And, and I liked all that stuff. And at the end, in his very, very cavalier yet, William Regal's going to come in. And when he put on those brass knucks ever so slow, and this is where, you know, the veterans will tell you, make everything mean something. Uh, little means so much more. The way he did it, the way he crooked his neck and slowly started towards the ring. It was like, okay, bro. You want to, you know, fight me, but I got this. And uh, it was a nice little setup, which I'm hopefully, I don't want to say ends with a Regal versus MJF match because I don't think Regal could wrestle anymore, but it still kept Regal as a, man, this guy's still got something. And that one punch, I'm sure he could always deliver it. You did not like it, Bully and Tommy. You kind of questioned the fact that Wheeler Yuta tapped out, but it does make sense in the context of the story that they were telling. If MJF cheated to win, then you wouldn't have had what we took what took place immediately after that match. And it seemed like MJF was conflicted about 
himself and Wheeler Yuta after that match because Wheeler Yuta extended his hand. And MJF actually, for a second, I thought was going to shake Wheeler Yuta's hand. He seemed conflicted about it. Then Lee Moriarty comes in and attacks Wheeler Yuta from behind. And MJF got pissed. So, and then and then we saw Stokely Hathaway come with the ring and everything else. So, like, Bully and Tommy, and Bully, I'll start with you. What do you think they're doing right now with MJF? Because the last thing I would have thought would MJF be conflicted about his personality and character. But that's exactly what happened immediately after that match last night. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure. Um MJF could turn babyface in the snap of a finger in that company and the people would love him for it. Maybe they're slow playing this and planting some seeds. I'm not big into the whole Stokely Hathaway act with the Moriarty and all those guys. It's just not my cup of tea. I did, however, love the interaction with Regal and MJF takes me back a couple of weeks ago when I said it would have been amazing if Taz would have came to Shivani's rescue and actually stood up in MJF's face because last night you saw what we got with Regal and MJF with the uh with the you know with, with the ring and the brass knucks. MJF did look conflicted. It looks like he wanted to shake Wheeler Yuta's hand after the match. Um do you guys agree that if 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 big if I F they ever decided to turn MJF babyface, he'd be the most beloved guy there right now. Yes. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchitz Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. What a, a fun segment last night with your tag team champions, the acclaimed. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, there was a line he just hit, which should also be their uh, catchphrase. Um, Cause man, it was so good. Um, I loved the whole thing. It was exciting. It was fun. It was truly sports entertainment. Anthony Bowens knocked it out of the park. Max Caster knacked it out of the park strickland interrupting it was a great heat segment even billy gunn uh the line about billy gunn about the t-shirts and all that stuff was just so so good so entertaining it was fun man and that's what wrestling should be about and 
the, the same thing when I'm explaining to you about this Sabrina Carpenter concert is the same thing that I'm explaining, which he even said for our new viewers, if you're literally tuning into television and watching this ridiculousness known as National Scissoring Day, which was trending all day and everything that they're saying, if you're, you're like, what the hell am I watching? And everyone is doing it. It's an amazing thing to see and be a part of. And their explanations, everything they did was phenomenal, 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 phenomenal. I loved it. It reminded me of the Attitude Era. It reminded me of it was an all time great in ring segment. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, It's amazing what you can get over when you are over. And they claim they're over. And they're getting this whole scissoring thing over. Side note, my friend, the water buffalo, big fan of the scissoring. As Tommy said, entertaining. And that's what it's meant to be. I did see some people on social media last night who were turned off by it. Not everybody is going to be in on this joke. But the AEW fans, the AEW faithful seem to love it. And taking a taking like an excerpt from a... A, a, a Catholic uh, mass where everybody. Oh my God! To, the peace be with you. Peace be with you, or the scissoring be I with you, and everybody that. scissoring. I mean, that's fun. Talk about crowd interaction. Think about uh, they should be doing that at every single show before the match. You know, uh, before the match starts, everybody should. You know, the there should be a moment where the entire crowd scissors one another and if you know uh and then you know billy gunn says it and if you're not down with that we got two words for you or three words for you S- scissor me daddy you know wh- whatever it's just it's it's that degeneration x moment that gets everybody involved and then swerve comes out and he says something like oh great billy this this is the second thing that you've done in your you know in your career that has I don't know, whatever he said, you know, that's not uh, not politically correct or something like that. And they're just looking at him like, yeah, that's that's right. And it works and it's over. And that was one of the worst lines I've ever heard. I I, I, I am going to, you know, I'm going to argue about one thing, Bully, that you said. You talked about like the AEW faithful seem to love it, which is definitely true. But Violetta asked me about. Last night, the national, like she saw it trending and people were talking. This could be one of those things. And you you never know what that's going to be, right? Some of this is organic and is never planned. This could be one of those things that does attract outside attention. This could be one of those things that get people talking and get people to tune in to AEW. So you just brought up Violetta, who I would imagine, Violetta is a very conservative woman. Yes. Yes. Did you have to explain to her what it was? Oh, no, no. She watched the segment with me last night, and she thought it was hilarious. Okay, so she wasn't offended by it. No, no. no. As a matter of fact, the biggest pop for her was the same with me and probably with you was like, you know, go to your neighbor to the left and to the right and, you know, you know, peace be with you. Like, that's, you know, we go to church every Sunday, so that's that's a line right from Mass, like, that is like, for those who get it, get it. For those who don't, it's just another line in the promo. But for those who get it, Jericho's the master of that, right? So then what are you disagreeing with me on? No, because like you said, like, this is like some people on Twitter didn't like it, but the AEW faithful, they love it, which I get. But I think this is one of those things 
that people outside of that AEW bubble might it might grab them. It might get some attention. It might they might see the trend and wonder what the hell is this National Scissoring Day? What's this scissoring stuff? And it might get people who don't normally watch to watch. I mean, I I, I don't know if you can really. I wouldn't hang my hat on that or, or bet a dollar on that. I mean, it, it's going to get over, okay? But I don't think more people are going to be tuning into the show because the acclaimed are promoting scissoring. Um, I think it's a... No, a, but, a, yeah, but, but Bully, you know this, like DX and the whole suck it. Like, obviously, that was for the WWF fan base, but then it got over enough where people outside are like, what is this? And it got people to tune in to the program. Now, do I think that this is going to be like that? I don't know if there's ever going to be anything like that ever again, but it could get people from the outside curious enough to tune in and find out what it's all about. Okay. We can sit back and we can, and we can watch every week and see all I know is what I saw last night and what I have seen from the acclaimed. It is entertaining. I thought the segment went a little long last night. I think they could have trimmed three or four minutes off of it. Remember, Get in, get on, get off, get out, and want and leave them wanting a little bit more. Don't give it to them all every single week. And I thought the acclaim could have gotten out of there a little sooner last night. Um, you know, they could probably trim a little bit. There was enough pair of scissors to to trim some of that off, but you know, so hey. <laughs> trim some of that scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> and if you also listen to the promo, they basically explain what scissoring is. It's a greeting. It's a handshake. Yeah. Um, that is a great way to, and the, Get inside, around it. the insiders. Yeah. And if you think about in wrestling, the two sweet, that's a greeting. And when you're part of the bullet club, you two sweet up top or like gallows and Anderson, when they come to the ring, they too sweet the yeah. fans when they come to, it. it's a different form of a greeting. Tommy, it, it makes me laugh. And, you know, and I'm going to go to bu something Bully just said, because I saw it, too. Like, there were some people, and again, I hate bringing up Twitter because it's, it's, the, it's the vocal minority. And I think people love to bitch just for the sake of bitching. But I did a little bit of a deep, di deep dive. Maybe I did a little bit of, a, you know, chasing the white rabbit a little bit last night. Mm -hmm. But there was a couple of people in particular that were saying this is offensive, the scissoring thing. This is terrible. And then I look at them and they're... They're, they both, the both people that I looked at were taught, were retweeting USA's tweet about DX reuniting in Brooklyn. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, are you serious right now? DX said, suck it. They did, they, they, they did a, a chop of their crotch and said, suck it. That's okay. But this scissoring thing is not, I, I think bully to your point with the social media, you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's like, it's people just bitching. For the sake of bitching. I think that's part of the problem with social media is half the people who are bitching don't actually mean it. They're just trying to take a shot when they feel like it's a time for them to take a shot. Uh, listen, I'm not putting much stock into it. I'm just saying I saw enough tweets last night to, to make me say oh, that maybe that's why I said the AEW faithful. I, I'm just saying I saw enough tweets last night that made me think that oh, this could offend some ah, people. But fuck but Fuck those right. people. Time out. Seri I, 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 mean, time I, I mean it 100%. Dave, fuck them. Time out. Time Seriously. Out. Time Enough out. of this shit. Time out. 
Time out. Oh my God. I'm just talking Dear about Lord, th- the there was one tweet. Vocal minority assholes on Twitter I'm, that just want to oh, bitch for the sake he of He signs bitching. his new deal, and here we go. Fuck them. So one of the tweets was from a Jesus dad Christ. who said that his, I believe his 10-year-old son or 10-year-old daughter said, you know, turned around and said, hey, what's scissoring? Kind of left him in a bad spot. So I, I'm just saying that it's I, a I greeting. understand. And that's when you say it's like a handshake. It's a greeting. I, I get it, Dave. I, I get it. You don't have to explain it to me. Hey, Mommy, you're trying what does to defend it mean? When they're because taking their hands and they're it. doing the crotch thing, what does I, that I'm mean? I'm just bringing up a point that I saw a couple of people right. who were offended by it. That's all. I'm sure. And you know what? I'm sure that there are there are more people that were offended by it than than uh than than let on. I'm not offended by it. I called it entertaining. If you, you know? also but, think about but, another, but time out. But if Abigail, your daughter, was to ever put you in a situation where she didn't understand it and you were uncomfortable explaining it to her, you'd understand where I was coming from. But that's what a parent does. You know, parents are in a lot of uncomfortable positions where they have Great. to explain something. Great, when you tell or, your kid that, or oh, maybe it's a handshake, and then the kid goes to school and find out what it really means. Well, that's what the kids were doing with DX back in the day at school. That's that's the whole thing that Strickland was saying when he came out last night, is like that you're getting people to get the tension two decades ago, and now you're doing it again. Suck it is All pretty much is self-explanatory. All same people that are bitching are the same people who are retweeting DX's reunion. Uh, next next week at bar. Why are you getting so upset about? Because it's just sm- like we put too. I think we put way too much stock in a few people on social media that want to spoil the party for everybody else. I'm not putting much stock into it. I'm just saying I saw enough of it where I was like, hmm, some people might not like this. Well, then then they don't have to watch. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. We've been talking a lot about this gentleman, and that is Wheeler Yuta, who joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you this morning? Doing well, yeah. Thank you guys for having me back on. Absolutely. And a lot's changed, by the way, since the last time we've had you on. And you've been on TV each and every week. And obviously, everybody that watches you knows how great of a pro wrestler you are. But then, you know, 
standing toe-to-toe with MJF on the microphone and then building stories like you have been able to do, you've got to be proud and pleased over what you've been doing the last few weeks on Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, really one of my first forays into, like, promos. I don't, you know, my wheelhouse has always been in ring. It's always been wrestling. So kind of doing that has been playing MJF's game a little bit. But, you know, being able to branch out and expand into that area of wrestling is very important, obviously. So being able to kind of do that has been very fun. And it's been interesting to kind of explore that that space as opposed to just focusing on in the ring, which is what I've done for the rest of my career. Wheeler, over the past couple of weeks, I've been very vocal about your microphone skills. Um, I thought you did really well that first night uh, with MJF, and I compared it to the first fight in the movie Rocky. Rocky didn't win the battle, nor did you win the battle, but you, you, you hung in there and you went the distance, which is more than I think a lot of people expected. And when I first saw you come out with a microphone, and I saw MJF with the microphone, I said, Yuda's going to get killed. But by the time this segment was over, I, I realized that, no, you you held your own. You did, a, you did a really good job. And then next week, I thought you took a step forward, obviously, in Philly with the blood on Broad Street line. So as a person who really appreciates a great promo and how talent can move forward in their promo work. I I thought you did a great job and I I was, I was happy for you, but here's my question. Were you happy with you? Were you happy with your performance? Were you proud of the fact that you were able to stand toe to toe with the guy and survive a microphone battle with one of the best in the business right now? Uh, I was definitely proud, but I understand that there's immense room for growth like this is obviously not where it ends for me with uh with promos with talking on the microphone you brought up the the rocky analogy obviously in the first movie he doesn't win he gets his ass kicked but then as you move on from there things things start to improve a little bit right so hopefully as i continue to sort of move forward i won't just be the guy that's just kind of hanging with the other person hopefully i'll be able to really develop that skill set really show that as well but you know i've had I've had many reps in the ring. I haven't had as many reps doing promos, so I was happy with where I was at at that point. But obviously, just want to keep improving, keep growing. What was some of the, Tommy, real quick, what was some of the backstage critique you got from veterans or from others uh, who heard you on the microphone those two weeks in a row? Uh, I think the one that really stuck out to me uh, was one from Regal where he said, you have to just kind of, believe more in what you're saying like the first the first week in New York I think like you said I hung with him I I delivered my lines and I tried to do the best that I could but I it didn't it wasn't fully me it wasn't fully how I would kind of approach the situation I felt like I had to play MJF's game a little bit so then coming out in Philly I was like well my game is I want you to come out and fight me so I'm going to play my game I'm going to try to get you to come out here and fight me so really just having that conviction and believing in what I was saying and Bringing it from my point of view, I think, was very helpful from Regal. And a great person to learn from. Hey, your, your boss, Absolutely. Tony Khan, comes on this show. And mm-hmm. the first time, I didn't get you uh, until John Moxley. And then I mm-hmm. got you. And then I saw, actually, I saw something in myself in, in the sense of, and then I, and then I've talked to Bully about it, where, man, when I was 24 going into 25, I had Raven 
And I, what I saw last night, you've won me over and I totally, I get you. And I told Tony, like, man, it's important when your boss sees something in you. Cause I was fortunate, just like bully was fortunate about Paul Heyman seeing something in us. And what you said about getting those reps is so, so pivotal and, and key to your career. But I, I want to ask you something because we all have this moment and I hope it happens for you. Like, are you listening to the crowd slash listening to how they're responding to you because you're connecting, man. And that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I, I always try to go out there with the, the mentality that no one knows who I am, know that I have to win them all over from scratch. So then every time I go out there and I hear like, Oh wow, they're reacting a little bit more to this or they know what's coming here or they're, they're really invested in me. It really does mean a lot. And being able to build that connection with the crowd has been really special. So it's definitely something that I listen to and I notice, but I, I try to never take it for granted because I also know that it can go away immediately. So I need to make sure I continue to build that connection, build that trust with the crowd. Hey, I wanted to ask you too, like one, like who did, who was your inspiration for wrestling? Like, did you have a specific person? Um, I definitely had a few, um, there's a lot that I would watch, but like, uh, Brian, of course, is a, was a huge one. Um, I think about like earlier things I used to watch. I used to watch a lot of Ricky Steamboat. Uh, he was a huge influence on me, but then as I kind of further got into wrestling, I looked more into like the, the world of sport, the technical wrestling from, from Britain. And that's where I got more of like the moves that I do and things like that. But yeah, I've had a lot of uh, different influences, but those would be some of the main ones. Cause I'm trying to depict your style and the people that you're, you're talking about now I'm getting it and just want to know more about you. And, and it's funny, you know, bully and I, we didn't have social media growing up uh, or, or analyzing every single aspect of what we do in the ring. And at times it could be very, very taxing. And uh, but like I said, you've won over, you're not going to win over everybody right away, but you're, you've won over myself. You won over Dave, bully you've won over and, and and it's cool to see that for someone with your you know age level and that that happening for you so uh keep up the really really good work man yeah, thank you Tommy. you know wheeler we we started off talking about that reign that you had as the ring of honor pure champion you know of of almost 160 days and i think anybody that's ever seen you in a ring knows you're an amazing wrestler amazing technical wrestler and you just talked about your wrestling background and who are some of your mentors and some, some of the wrestlers you looked up to, but in this business, like with AEW on dynamite, there's obviously more to it as you're learning about how important it is to have a character, have a personality be on the microphone. When did you f first realize, all right, now there's more to pro wrestling than just what I'm doing in the ring. I think uh, just walking into AEW is sort of a big culture shock. Like it's obviously professional wrestling on the independence and professional wrestling on TV are just two immensely different things. And I had done some things before that were like pre-taped, but never anything live where it's really strict. Like you have to hit this, you have to do this. And you have such a short amount of time to really grab everyone's attention. So when it becomes a TV show, it, it's almost a different beast. So really when, once I got into AEW, I knew, all right, eventually I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to talk on the microphone. I'm going to have to do vignettes. I'm going to have to do things that are sort of out of my comfort zone. Um, and now it's really where I'm getting the opportunity to do them a lot. So you're seeing it more now, but it's something I've been trying to work on for the past, however long I've been in AEW, I think a year and a half now. So it's something that I knew, like, obviously 
I've, I watched wrestling on TV as a kid. I, I knew it was coming. I knew I had to be able to do it, but that was when I was really like, okay, here we go. I have to shift the focus. I've got what I can do in the ring, but now that's not the most important thing, unfortunately. Wheeler, a lot of the matches that you've had over the past couple of months have been uh, very intense, very physical, um, the, the aggressive, um, fast-paced Danielson, Moxley. Um, last night, a bit of a different match for you, in my opinion. What was it like working, wrestling, fighting MJF last night? And did you feel you had to drop it down a notch or change your style to work with MJF effectively last night? Um, it was definitely a different pace, uh, but I've, I've wrestled MJF a bunch. Uh, we wrestled a lot on the independence. I think they even said we were like two and two in singles matches. And then we've had a bunch of other tags and different iterations, but he hasn't wrestled yeah. in about 130 days. So there's going yeah. to be a degree of rust mm. to somebody. Yeah, definitely. Like he, he hasn't been in the ring in, in that long, but I don't, I don't think I really had to step down or do anything like that. He obviously he, he went out there and he brought it and uh, I, I really enjoyed the pacing of the match. It was really nice to kind of, you know, hear, like you said, hear the crowd and hear how they were reacting to certain things. And it was uh, definitely something that I enjoyed, but yeah, I think it was a little bit of a change of pace, but I, I don't think it was like a, I had to take a step back or anything. I think it was just a, a different lane that we took but I really enjoyed the match last night. Uh, I did too. And, and I said it uh, before you came on about your false finishes and for someone to be so young in the game and doing your false finishes towards the end of your match, because that's when you guys are more tired and you guys put in a lot of time uh, into that match. And then with that double clothesline and let not only giving yourselves that chance to breathe, but the crowd. And it was, it was a beautiful art, uh, and I, and I, your false finishes with the referee, it was, it was a symphony of professional wrestling things that I love. And that's why I call it a great art form. And it told a great, great story, um, for you guys, the aftermath, you being the consummate babyface, offering to uh, shake the guy's hand and all the aftermath. Um, what is next for you? Like I said, I see an MJF Yuta as a Raven dreamer, which went on for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, hopefully tomorrow, get back on the winning track. We have a six man, uh, we have a trios match, uh, myself, John Moxley and, uh, Claudio taking on private party and Roosh. So hopefully you get back on track there, but yeah, I think that, uh, myself and MJF are going to be wrestling each other for a very long time. I think that myself and Lee Moriarty are now going to have to be on a collision course after, after the match with uh, the aftermath and him attacking me. But yeah, I'm very excited to see where either of those go. Those are both guys that uh, were around the same age. We've uh, wrestled a lot before uh, both of them, me and leave wrestled uh, for championships all over the independence, me and max wrestled all over the independence. So I think that we're going to have a lot of those matches coming forward, but I do think that, yeah, max is kind of the perfect foil for me. You say that he's, he's the consummate baby face. And or I'm the consummate baby face, excuse me. And he's, he's the consummate bad guy. So I think that that story will always be there. And I think that me and him will have a rivalry for quite a while. Nice. Yeah. You know, we are here on busted open. We take phone calls. So obviously these last few weeks, we've talked a lot about you on this show 
and you can kind of see and feel, and I think Bully and Tommy will agree, as we're taking calls about you, how many people are now buying to you as a personality and a character. You mentioned earlier about the pro wrestling, and I, I would think that that's kind of like your safe place because you're so good at it, and now you're kind of branching out into different things. Did you feel like you were kind of getting thrown into the deep end of the pool, standing toe-to-toe with MJF, or did you say, all right, if I'm going to do it, this is the way it should be done? Um, I think that once you're on, once you're on national television, you're in the deep end, like you're no matter what, like I, I went out there, there's a million people watching, um, it's sink or swim every time. So yeah, being sent out there with MJF, it definitely was a, a challenge. I, someone actually did send me the clip of bully saying, <laughs> saying that he was going to tweet that it was like bringing a, a wet noodle to a gunfight. And I completely understand that sentiment from a lot of people. But yeah, I, I think that when you, when you're in that situation, it's sink or swim. So you're either going to, you're going to do well and hopefully I did. And it it seems to be that that's the prevailing opinion or, you know, or you're going to sink. So I think that that's the way to do it. You're, you're on TV. It's time to go. And, and you did. And and I, and I told you this and and I'm sure you heard what I said on the show because I put you over to the moon uh, because you (laughs) earned it, not because you deserved it. Um, I actually had my phone in my hand ready because I, I didn't think you were going to su- you know, survive. And then mm-hmm. I saw I, after the first couple of seconds, I actually dropped my phone. And then by the end of it, I was like, wow, he went the distance. You did not get eaten alive. And I did not feel like you didn't get eaten alive because MJF backed off. I felt mm-hmm. you didn't get eaten alive because you got enough shots in where you held your own. So mm-hmm. me and Dave always talk about show and Tommy also about how I like to be forced to talk about people. I want talent to force me to talk about them. I want to be able to come on this show and not have anything in mind to talk about, but go, holy shit. Did you see Wheeler Yuta last night? And we were about, an hour to an hour and a half into the show, guys, last when, when after Wheeler's first week. And I'm like, look at how much time we're spending on Wheeler Yuta. Yep. Because you forced us to talk about you. And I don't know whether you realize this or not in your young career. That's a big deal because you're taking the number one radio show on wrestling radio show on the planet and you're forcing our hand to talk about you. That's taking steps to get over, buddy. So, you know, good job. And I'm not going to spend the majority of this interview blowing smoke up your ass. But, I mean, but, you know, but it's the truth. So, you know, good job. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I love it. Um, I I believe your birthday is coming up in two weeks, right? You're turning 26. And I believe your birthday falls on a Wednesday. A Dynamite Wednesday. We'll be in Norfolk, Virginia for, for Dynamite that Wednesday. Yep. All right. So, you know, being that here you are celebrating your birthday, it's going to be on a Wednesday for Dynamite. What would be your perfect birthday show on the 26th for a Wednesday? Oh, my perfect birthday show? Um, Well, really, I think it just comes down to I'd like to wrestle uh, one of two matches. I'd either like another shot at my pure championship. I'd like to wrestle Daniel Garcia and get that match. Or I'd like to do uh, Yuta Moxley 4. And I'd like to have a world championship match just because I think that every time I wrestle John and maybe I'm not there yet, but every time I wrestle John, I get a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And I think it makes me better and better every time. And I'd love to see it one more time. See where I'm at now. 
Wheeler, go in the opposite direction for a second. Yeah. Tell me somebody who's a complete 180 from you style wise that you'd like to be in the ring with. I'd really like to wrestle Dante Martin. I think that we would, I think our styles are just so different that I think we would have a blast uh, wrestling in there. He's obviously a high flyer. So having to use my technical skills to combat that, I think would be a very, very interesting style matchup. And then I can do a little bit of Lucha here and there too. So maybe I could throw some of that in there, throw him off his game. But I think that would be a lot of fun wrestling Dante. Wheeler, as a career babyface, let me give you some uh, veteran advice. Number one, make sure there's no birthday cake. Or two, make sure there's no surprise <laughs> presents for you because it will never yep. turn out in your favor. Just <laughs> you got it. I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> hey, Tommy, this is a big one because he turns 26 on the 26. So this is like mm. a once opportunity. This is like a big one. on one. Man, if Tony Khan's listening, I hope he gives you one of those two matches. I got a world title shot on my 50th birthday, so the, the sky's the limit. I mean, pro yeah, wrestling 101, title shot on your birthday. Come on now. Exactly. I mean, it, it writes itself. Come on. Wheeler, go, Wheeler going, go, you just said it writes itself. Going back to those promos uh, with mm. you and MJF, how much is written? How much is off the top of your head? How much is discussed? If you feel comfortable pulling back the curtain a little bit, fill us in. Uh, so the, the, the first one, uh, not, not a ton discussed. Um, I would say that for the Philadelphia one, I had a pretty, pretty good idea of what I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to say going out there. I kind of really took the time to formulate my ideas a little bit more and try to iron it out a little more. I think that the first, the first week I was like, I'm just going to go out and kind of do it. And then the second week I was like, all right, let me really try to take in all the advice everyone gave me really workshop this, uh, yeah, so for the second one, it was nothing was ever physically written down or anything like that, but I, I pretty much knew what I was going to say in Philadelphia, I would say. Wheeler, thank you so much. Happy birthday. I hope you have a great one and appreciate you taking the time, especially since, you know, you had the show last night to take the time this morning. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Keep See up you, the great work, man. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast catch the full three hours of busted open monday through saturday at 9 a.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 go to siriusxm.com backslash busted open trial to start your free trial today hi it's martha stewart You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.